He said, do you think there's something afterwards? And I said, people laugh when I say this, which is actually not a joke. It is exactly what I said to my father. I said, it doesn't matter what I think because you're going to be there soon. What do you think? Two years ago, I lost my mom. It was an out of the blue world, upside down, life altering experience. My mom was my rock, my best friend. She raised seven children, seven grandchildren, and was adored by all of us. Losing her has changed me in ways I couldn't have anticipated. I now look at life differently. I'm more selective with my friends and environment. And obviously I have days when I feel the world is just a totally different place. Throughout this series, I wanted to understand grief. I wanted to understand the sadness, the anger, the confusion and the reality, warts and all. I'm asking my friends and some familiar faces about their experiences and learning from them as I go. I need to know if I'll ever feel like me again. And I believe the only people that can help me figure that out are the people who know me the best. This week, I'm talking to Des Bishop. Des sadly lost both his parents. And today he talks to me about how those experiences of grief differed. Prior to his mother's passing, Des and his brothers stepped in as carers and navigated the challenges of nursing a loved one through a terminal illness. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good, actually. Two things I think people have difficulty in talking about, and I was, um, I find is sex mm-hmm. and death, exactly what this podcast is about. Why do you think people have difficulty in talking about death? Oh, I mean... I assume there's any myriad of reasons from, I think, the obvious one, which is they fear their own death, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they're they confused about what happens afterwards and they don't really want to think about that, you know? Uh, and then I think, particularly around, like, thinking about loss rather than their own death, I think a lot of people can't fathom life without particular people in their life, whether it be their parents or their spouse, uh, and the thought of that is just too much for them sometimes. You have lost both your mom and your dad. Yeah, my mother recently, my dad in 2011. Okay. Um, how did you think you would have coped with that? Because for me growing up, when I'm, I'm, I'm the only boy, and my biggest fear in life was leaving home, you know, leaving the country. And then my other biggest fear was losing my mom. Mm. Um, did you ever have that fear of losing your mom or your dad? I, I honestly, I, <clears throat> I didn't really. I had a unique existence in that when I was fourteen, I came here on my own without my family. So actually, sorry, you came on your. How, how did that happen? Oh uh, well, you know, I, I flunked out of school. I mean, the, the, just the quick version. I'm not here to judge dads. No, no, on, no, no. no just the quick version is basically <laughs> I flunked out of school, and this crazy idea was put into my head by my cousin to come to boarding school in Ireland, and. I told my parents to look into it. And it just, it was like a weird six week, like life changing moment of never having thought about going to Ireland to six weeks later being on a plane on my own, unaccompanied minor Aer Lingus flight. And I went to boarding school in Wexford and then I went to college. Wow, you were a child. Yeah, yeah, I'm here since I'm 14. But obviously I went home for all the holidays. So that's why I still have an American accent. But anyway, uh, so I, I didn't have that normal thing of always being around my parents. I'm quite used to being away from my parents. So I can't say that I had a massive fear of losing my parents, but mm-hmm. I did have the experience of as my parents began to get older, 
you know, particularly my dad originally, you know, you really see him slow down. Uh, you know, I, I did start to think like this guy is, is going to go soon. What age was your dad when he passed? Well, he was 74. Still young. Yeah. Well, it was cancer. Like, okay. You know, it was yeah. not, it was not like it wasn't coming until it came. No, of course. You yeah. know, he was pretty, he was pretty, I mean, funnily enough, I remember we went to a Met game, uh, like a, like a baseball game. So American. Uh, I 2009. Love it. And, uh. You know, I, I, now we know that he was already getting sick, but we didn't know at the time. Mm. And I remember he was very slow crossing Roosevelt Avenue. And I remember having to sort of mind him. And it was very much the first time that I was like, wow, my dad has really slowed down, you know. Now, now we know in hindsight that that was only a few months from when he was diagnosed with cancer. He probably already was beginning. When did he get diagnosed? Uh, well, I took, we brought him into the hospital October 3rd, Halloween night, uh, 2009. Okay, and he passed in 2011? Yeah, well, okay. he got his small cell lung cancer, which is very, uh, very aggressive form of cancer. But you have a you have a very successful initial treatment, but okay. it's always a time buying treatment. It's mm. it's not there's no cure. Yeah. Stage four small cell lung cancer, and he he followed it by the book. He was like a textbook case. But anyway, uh, we found out on the Monday. You know, they they obviously had their suspicions, but they didn't tell us till the Monday, and then that was just like the normal year and a half. You know, you get they they kind of give you they say. This treatment could give you six months. It could give you two years. But you the prognosis beyond two years is kind of like unheard of. My dad got a year and a half, a very good year and a half, by the way. Were we, you close? Yeah. I mean, we were close. It, 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 you know, in adulthood, we were close. But again, I did leave when I was 14. It was kind of strange, you yeah. know. Uh, my dad wasn't like, my mother was the boss. You know, mm. losing my mother has been the bigger loss. Yeah. But my dad was a great guy. Do you, do you feel bad in saying that, that, you know, losing your mother was a bigger loss compared to losing your dad or you're cool with it? Absolutely cool with it. A hundred percent. I mean, my dad was like a nicer guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like uh, oh my, my mother was tough, you know. I wasn't expecting to be laughing. Oh, it's not so, so hey, listen, I, 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 no, I, good. Yeah, right? I, joke, I joke about it every night, but no, but my mother was like the, the, the presence in the house. My dad was like, I, in the show, I joke and I say he was the best supporting actor. My mother right. was actress in a leading role, but the seriousness of that was that my mother basically did everything so it was always going to be a tougher loss losing my mom despite the fact that if i'm truly honest there were times in my life where i was like i can't fucking wait for her to die because she was a tough lady you know no, i think when you're younger we all say stupid stuff about our family you know but that was the same in in our household that our mother ran everything mm. you lost your mom yeah yes all right yeah yeah so your dad was diagnosed with cancer. My mom passed of SAD. So it was so sudden. There was no time. Oh, right. Yeah. So my mom, I was in LA on the phone to her. Uh, she was watching First City on Sky Plus like 11 o'clock. Um, it was three o'clock for me. She went to bed. And then at midnight for me, so eight o'clock um, their time, all hell broke loose. They couldn't wake her. Um, so for your dad, you had time to kind of say goodbye. How does that work? Did that benefit well, the, you I, at all? I wrote a book about my dad. And coincidentally enough, the opening line is the best thing about cancer is time. Yeah. Because I consider your situation to be the most difficult. Yeah. Because you don't have that time to no. prepare. We had time and we really used that time. You know, I did a show about my dad and I got my dad on stage. I did wow. a show. Yeah, I did a show about my dad. My dad was an actor and a model and he gave that all up and we were born for like a more stable life. Yeah. So I basically did a your show. Your dad was a model. Yeah. I'll show you a picture of him afterwards. You'll, nice. you'll, you'll, you'll like it. He was a very good looking guy. <laughs> wow. Good for oh, you. Oh, like, well, you're handsome yourself. Yeah. But he was like exceptional. 
wow. yo, he, he he's was like a, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had an audition for James Bond when George Lazenby got it. That Are you was joking. The, yeah, so that was the hook of the show. My dad was named James Bond. James and, Bond could have been your. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 007. That'd make you 007 and a half. I don't know. Make me non existent, probably. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> yes. If your dad was James Bond, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. be here. I required my mother and Dad's father who? to meet in New York at a, at a, at a time after he, he didn't get there. I don't think he was seriously considered, but they did have a look at him. Anyway. The, the show, the crooks of the show is basically, I wanted to celebrate the sacrifices that he made, especially because I, you know, my job, my career is so important to me. And the fact that there came a time where he thought, am I going to continue to pursue these dreams or am I going to give these children a good life? And, and I talked about the regrets that he had and the sense of maybe not feeling good enough. And then he had this, you know, horrific childhood himself. So the whole show was actually a, a kind of a story I wanted to tell about my dad for a very long time. Nothing to do with my dad getting cancer, but it was only when he got sick and you, you, that role reversal happens, mm. you know, the parent of your parents, which is another thing that I feel like in a way is you miss that when you have this sudden death. Yeah. But there is something quite healing about being able to be there and look after your parents. So you have this transition to becoming the parent of your parents. And uh, I wanted to just represent all that and give him like a swan song, like a curtain call, because he was quite the ham. You know, he did like, he was a showman, my mm. father. Uh, That's where you got it. Well, I got it more from my mom, but anyway, that's a that's another story. But anyway, I that year and a half, the time, which is why I wrote that line, yeah, was amazing for us. And when I think about my dad being ill, I, it's really not a negative memory. And even my mother, how is that not a negative memory? Even my mom said, you know, we we used to chat about it afterwards, and she was just like, it's amazing how much fun we had yeah. at that time because okay, obviously he was getting chemo and it wasn't course, ideal, yeah. but you know he came to. You know, we wrote the show and we filmed sketches for the show. Like, it was super funny. And then I flew them. They came to Edinburgh and we did every night in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And we got a five-star review in The Guardian. Like, The Guardian are not, you know, they're pretty no, finicky. I mean, yeah, they are. No, I get it. Yeah. yeah. We got a five-star review in The Guardian, which, you know, I was able to bring that back to my dad, you know? And yeah. then this guy that he hadn't talked to in like 20 years calls my dad out of the blue and he goes, is that your fucking son getting five stars in The Guardian? You know? <laughs> He's like, yes, it is. Yeah. And, you know, so like... It was like amazing for him to go out on a high like that. And then yeah. we made a documentary and the documentary went on TV. Wow. And it was on TV before he died. So he could see it. Yeah, well, he knew, you know, he saw the reaction and cork exam. You know, my dad like considered himself a cork man, even though he lived in England a lot. So like, you know, he, he saw the things being written and he kind of died famous. And it was just, it's weird to say yeah. how much that mattered to him, but it really mattered to him. Why do you think it mattered to him? Who knows? I mean, yeah. why do we, why are we in the entertainment game? No, true. I mean, yeah, it's I like, it. it's an instinct. It's something yeah. you, you know. <clears throat> you either like it or you don't. Yeah. And he liked that. You know, he liked, he had the vanity, he, but he was a total charmer. I mean, he was the nicest guy. I mean, he would never step on anybody, but I, I can tell you that he was happy. In fact, you know, I, I, I was, uh, you know, I was actually at the, uh, the Monart Spa. Oh, very fancy. With Jenny Lee, coincidentally enough. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, and I was actually... A common friend of I ours. I was writing the proposal for, for, for a book I was going to write about my dad when I got the call to say, Des, just to let you know, I'm not doing any more chemo, you right. know? So that was like, oh, this is it now, you know? Why do you think he made that decision? He well, just you, had enough? Or yeah, it's... There was no more that yeah, could be done. Yeah, you end up with this moment where it's no longer worth it, you know? Mm. And he was... I think I'll, I've never had, well, I've had cancer, but I've never had chemotherapy. Mm. And uh, so I, I, I assume that becomes obvious to you. And, you know, the, the returns are, are less and less, you know. How did you feel, though, when he made that decision? Were you not a bit like, fight, fight no, for no, us? No, 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 no. I was never. No, I, I would have been happy if he decided not to do the second round. So the second really? round, the first round is very successful. 
that that's a fact. Then you have to do this other chemo for the second round. But the second round, they're honest with you. It just buys you more time. It definitely does not buy you the same quality of life that you got out of the first whack. Right. Yeah. You know. So essentially, what you're doing is you're 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 prolonging a, a less and less nice life. Yeah. Uh, so no, I I would have been completely content if he had decided that autumn to not bother with that second round. In fact, I think he had a small regret. He left Edinburgh a week early. He delayed by a week because he was enjoying it so much. <laughs> he was supposed to start chemo the week before. Well, that's good. And he delayed by a week. But still left a week early, a week before the festival ended, because it was in his head. It was like we got to do this chemo. My mother, yeah. like, we got to do this chemo. But of course, in hindsight, you realize that you get you get a lot less out of that chemo. You get a you get a, a prolonged life, but not not half as nice as 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 it was up to then. And I, I'd say if he could do it again, you know, or even if my mother, you know, afterwards had a little bit of a regret that they rushed off, because in their mind, you know, there there is that time and that whole journey where you're thinking like, we got to fight, we got to fight. Yeah. My mother held on to the miracle thing the entire time. I had mm. no, I had no hold on the miracles. I was just very practical. We use this time until there's no more time. You know, right. I never, I never had this thing in my head of you never know. So, what, your mom was optimistic that your dad would pull through, where you were probably realistic about the outcome. I was 100% realistic. She literally says, we made a documentary. It's an amazing thing to have all these, like, of course. this evidence. You've got she it literally all, yeah. says on camera, I don't know, I believe in miracles. You never oh, know. God, that's so sad, though. Yes, but I think it's harder to lose your spouse. I really do. I've lost both parents now, yeah. but I do think that the, the, the spouse grief is, is the tougher grief because you do everything together. Like you become so reliant, dependent on each other. It's strange because when we were, you know, talking through other episodes we've recorded is that I always seen my mom is just my mom. And then I realized, oh, she was my dad's girlfriend. Then she was fiance and then wife. She's a sister. She's an aunt. She's a friend. It's because I just had her in one box. Yes. And then I never looked at my father's grief because I find grief can be very self-indulgent. And yeah. what I was doing was, well, what about me and how my life's affected? And then we thought about my dad. They've been together for, oh God, mom got married in 78. So nearly 42 years. And the fact that he now goes to bed alone and they were best friends is that he obviously struggles. But I don't talk to my dad really about how he feels. I go, hey, hi, how are you? It's never really about how he's feeling. He doesn't really tell us how he's feeling. Yeah. So we kind of, we think he's feeling good and people ask, how's your dad? And we well, go, he's done well to stay alive. You know, the stats are not good for widowed men. Really? Yeah, women do much better as widows than men do as widowers. Why do you think that is? Well, I don't know, but that's just a stat. Well, I have six sisters and women are tough, let me tell you. Yeah, women I are strong. I mean, statistically, usually it's the other way around. You, your, your, your parents' scenario is the, is the less frequent scenario of the, yeah. of the wife dying first. How, so how, if your mom was so optimistic, how did she cope then? And like, were you all there when your dad passed? And did she crumble at all or was she? Yeah, I mean, it was t like, it's tougher for her because she's a spouse. But I think yeah. it was tougher for her too because she did not prepare. Right. You know, she, 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 she just denied it, it was coming un until it, it happened. But I think that's something, I think that's something that's so relatable. I think you 100%. Do you not think, I think that, and we were, with my mom, we didn't have any of that. Because I, I almost feel a bit like, and I said recently, I feel like she was murdered. But it's the same. Because there was no... No prep. What happened? But then I think even if we had have known and I had a year or two years, I think a bit like your mom, I would have been, oh, it's going to be fine. She's going to pull through. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's optimistic or stupid. On my no, behalf. but I think it's very natural, you know. I think, and, I, and I, actually, I think a lot of people take on different roles within a family. 
And you probably find in that hypothetical scenario that some of you would have been the more practical ones and some of you would have been My the more idealistic was, ones. My sister Michelle was very practical and she went straight into funeral, uh, coffin, clothes, you know, doing all this. Yeah. Whereas I just had to get my ass on a fly from L.A. Um, yeah, I so, mean, all all that stuff, you know, because at the end of the day, like it's impo- like life is so random, you course. know, and that's the, and the, short. the more that you the more that you experience all these things, you realize how random life is. People like to pretend that it's not, but it is. So you just never know, you know. How would you say then you coped with the passing of your father and grief? How did you handle that? Well, you know, it's funny because now I, I'm looking at it in a new way now because my mother's the grief of losing my mother is so much more profound and so much more in line with the way I've heard people talk about grief. Before. So you feel like a, you, you almost feel a bit like you're grieving for your mother in a way that you were you're supposed to grieve. Possibly, yeah. In a way, because maybe I that found I'm grieving. it smooth enough. Losing my dad, I mean, it was it was tough. Like it was tough, and it was sad. But I actually found it pretty smooth. I mean, I think it might have had something to do with this incredible ending that we had. You know, the way that we did so much together, together at the end, yeah, and documented as well that you'll have forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was still doing that show when he died, so I had to keep doing it. So I sort of kept him in my backpack. You know, mm. it was kind of like, like you know, you're still doing the show, so nothing's changed other no. than he's not around, but he's still on the video every night. Yeah, and and maybe that was actually like, that wasn't good because I don't know if I properly grieved my father. Well, my sisters say to me that um, <clears throat> I'm still in a bubble, and I've I've actually not grieved because I've been living away from home since I was 18 years old. Mm. So when I'm in a different place or a different country. I, my mom's not around anyway. Yeah, I, so I, I identify with It's that. only when I come back and I said recently, it was her second anniversary recently and I said, I put a picture of us up and I said, the one thing that I miss is every time my plane would land in Dublin, I would get a message from her straight away and that is the one thing that I go, shit, I've not had that in two years. Mm. I'm never going to get it again. And it's something I didn't think about before. Only hit me recently. Yeah, and that's why when I land, I always turn my phone on and I don't get anything. And that's the thing that actually made me sad was that I'm never going to get it again. And then I felt really sad. And for that whole day, I felt sad. Yeah, but I think it's good. I think it's good to feel it, you know, because I think like it, it, it's better that it comes. Oh, no, I agree. And I, I totally identify with that because like you, I, you know, like, I mean, I'm back and forth to New York a lot nowadays, but there is just like a little bit of an emptiness when I get off the plane. Because even though it's been years since my parents used to pick me up, you know, I've been getting, I've been going back to JFK my entire life. And even though that time is gone, it does feel empty when I get off the plane. And even though it was a pain sometimes having to sort of check in with my mom, it just kind of goes like, oh. I know, I get it. It's just me here. No, no, but I get it. It's, It's almost like the calls. And if I didn't speak to my mom like every day, what's wrong? Something happened. Mom, I'm at the dentist or I was out last night and I'm hungover. It's so strange. But it's almost like sometimes I think there's an element of guilt. I wish, even though my mom wasn't ill, you know, I wish, could I have done more? Should I have brought her out more? Should we have? It's kind of could have, should have, would have. But it's like, I don't know where to put any of that. I don't know what to do with it, except express it in a way that I think is required at the time. Yeah, because I'm still angry. I think it's important to express it because I, I, I didn't really have a lot of regrets with my dad. You know, in the end, like 
We did everything. We talked about everything. I mean, we we like got it got so deep. Like there was literally nothing left unsaid. But with my mother, that wasn't the case, you know. And I was left with regrets, like more like the normal things that people are left with, like. Could I have been, you know, she was a cold woman, you know, but like at the end, she we cold the, as in her demeanor was no, she like, emo, you know, she was emotionally, like, she wasn't the most emotionally available woman you've right. ever met in your life. You know, yeah. she was cold and tough. And, uh, and, and, and we had many, many conversations about that, but you know, towards the end of her life, we were looking after her mm. and she was, you know, she was looking for, you know, she was, she was crying out for like more affection and we, we gave as much as we could myself and my brothers but it was tough you know like it's hard to change a, a habits of a lifetime well, it's like, all you know you're brought up a certain way yeah you can't it was just it was tough and, it and, and there were times there were times i mean i was always there and i said i love you and stuff but honestly it used to make me cringe sometimes why <laughs> If, if I knew that, then yeah. I would, you know. Is that because you weren't used to saying it and it felt such a weird feeling? Yeah, and also you protect, you, you learn to protect yourself in Not a true. life, in a lifetime. Yeah, from being know? hurt or emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I get she, it. you know, there's like, they're all various levels of rejection and just, you know, just like knowing that you got to protect yourself with her because she has like a like a dark side you know yeah. like when i say dark side i'm not talking about anything super evil she was an amazing person i was gonna ask you did her head spin <laughs> no but, you know but when it came to like you know when it came to like nurturing you know the, the, she was a little had a little bit of stunted growth because she had her own like issues in her so own she wasn't childhood. the most maternal mother she was she was not loving right but she was very good with like provision yeah and organization and all that stuff and you know she had a she had a, a, a quite the sort of road to Damascus conversion after my dad died because really her whole life was looking after him and looking after us, no. you know? And I'm funny you say that, but I, I almost feel a bit like, I think that's how I defined my mother, which is what you've just said, as just running the home and looking after everyone. I used to always say that my mom was always the last person to sit down at a table or the last yes. person because, right? Because that's, yes. my mom done the exact, I relate to that. Yeah, well, I, I used to have a joke about my mother in the show. It was like, you know, like Thanksgiving dinner. It'd be like, Ma, will you sit down? And she'd be like, no, no, no. I'll eat after everybody else. I, yes. I'm too busy here on the cross. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's yeah, exactly but that, I think as an Irish mother, I, I mean. That is an Irish, a mammy. That's exactly what, what they do. Yeah, but she had a she had a pretty amazing sort of final journey after my dad died. She went through hell with that. I mean, that was a that was a that was a deeper bottom for her because it wasn't just losing my dad; it was realizing that she had nothing else in her life. Oh God! Only her children and my dad. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're getting on with our own lives. No, I know. So, she, but she the thing is that she did find a, a new life for herself, and she right. got involved in various things, volunteering, made this whole new set of friends. It was very impressive. You know, she really did impress me at the end. Yeah. So that's why I say I have these regrets that. You know, she had this transition and she was a more loving person and we were there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that like I rejected her, but I do sometimes wish that I could have just made it a little bit clearer for her at that final juncture. Now, of course, what clearer for her? Just how much we loved her. Right. You know, yeah. I just I just fear sometimes that maybe we didn't, you know, do you think she do you think she knew that you loved her? I, I, I do think that now in our defense, <laughs> it was. It was tough because looking after my mother was not easy like looking after my dad was. And she constantly created scenarios that made life very like hellish for us, you know, right. playing us off against her sisters and not supporting us and just stuff like that. So even at the time where we were literally there flying across the universe to mm. be there to make sure she was OK. Well, yeah, but she still kept putting the needs of her crazy family in front of like us, Our you children. know? So even in the end, despite everything I'm saying, there was still like the Eileen Bishop way of doing things, which was essentially, you know, drama and chaos, right? Yeah. But all that aside, I still wish to a small degree 
that there's just a few little moments where I just like just made it a hundred percent clear to her that she, you know, that we loved her. You know, just like not just in our actions, because that's how she showed us that she loved us mm. through her actions. Yeah. And when I pointed out to her in my adulthood, Ma, you know, like that was, you know, it was stressful just like living in the orbit of Eileen Bishop. In the end, I wish that I could have reciprocated my own criticisms of my mother by just stepping out of that, that you know, that uncomfortability that you get around that intimacy with your mom and just make it 100% clear. It's almost like pride gets in the way. And, you know, despite the fact that we were there, we were there at the end and God knows we looked after her, we did everything, but it, it was almost like a mirror image of the way that she talked about raising us, which was like, Ma, we could have done with a bit more. And she was like, until the end of her life, she was literally thinking like, you guys are the most ungraceful shits going. <laughs> the things I sacrificed for you. But it's yeah. like, we're not talking about the sacrifices. I know. We're talking about the, the stress and the chaos and the drama, which was just unnecessary. And then in the end, we, we were pretty good, but I, I don't think it had come full circle. What year did your mom pass? Last year, oh, not even a year. Oh, wow. March 19th. So her, oh, wow, okay. So first year coming up. Yeah. And how does that make you feel? I, I don't, th honestly, same with my dad, couldn't give a fuck about it. Because time is irrelevant anyway. Yeah. It's just like, whatever. Yeah. I, that really means nothing to me. What age was your mom when she passed last year? Uh, 78. Okay. Also a little young, but both yeah. is related to smoking. I mean, my mother didn't die from cancer, but she had it. Right. Her, her lung cancer operation was the beginning of a sort of a five-year downward spiral. Right. Uh, and... You know, she had COPD, you know, she had emphysema. And in the end, it was really illnesses related to smoking that killed her, as well as my father. Did you get as much time with your mom knowing the same with your dad with diagnosis and stuff? No, no. It was a little different in that my mother's been ill since the end of 2014. Okay. And there, there was two crisis periods, the initial crisis period, which then she ended up with a sort of, I guess, like a two-year, two-and-a-half-year window of like somewhat normal independent living. And then this final crisis period, which was actually only about seven weeks. Oh, wow, quick. And even till the, the day before she died, we didn't know that this was it. Right. So, but she had decided the week before, like I flew back from, I had shows in Boston. And I actually flew back just for the day, Saturday, to have that conversation with her, which was, the next time you get an infection, do you want to go back to the hospital? And she said, I'm, I'm just done with hospitals. Now, I don't think she nor I was thinking that in a week and a half she'd be dead. I don't mm. think she was making the decision, I'm ready to die. Same as like my dad, I don't yeah. want to do chemo. But, you know, it, you know, in hindsight, you realize three trips to the hospital that we had in that seven weeks was just keeping her alive. I mean, she was, her immune system was done. Mm. You know, it just wasn't going to be able to fight off because she had, her spine had collapsed from osteoporosis, one of the six or seven major things that were going on with her. Her spine had collapsed, so she was kind of bedridden. And they tried, they tried to get her out of bed but every time she started to get a little bit mobile she'd get another infection right and then back in the hospital and then the process started again so she was she she was done see the, the thing that i think i would have struggled with was seeing my mother in pain or seeing my mother looking frail or looking vulnerable because i didn't really see our mom as human i almost seen her as a superhero who could do everything and go on no sleep and provide for all of us. And I'm like, where is she putting all this shit from? So what was that like seeing your mom in that sort of vulnerability? Well, it's a long process. I mean, you know, I really honestly had been looking after her, not full time, but quite a lot from the end of 2014. So you do get quite used to it. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't, 
honestly, the one the one feeling that is definitely unique in terms of my mom, particularly the initial bouts of grief that I used to get, I just felt so bad for her, you know, that she was suffering like that. In pain. Yeah, and also just that I don't think she really had time to, you know, get her head around being a, a helpless, frail woman, you mm -hmm. know? It sort of, it happened to her a little quicker than she expected. She probably didn't see herself, though, as helpless or frail. Well, you know, it was, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't speak for her, but mm. I mean, that, that was difficult. I did feel bad for her. I felt bad, too, that I just don't know if she was really aware that she was dying, you know? That could be a good thing, though. Could be. It could be, you know? I mean, she, you know, the last words that she said were sorry, but it was a scenario where she was in a lot of pain and mm. we were trying to give her tablets you know mm. it was the night the day before she died in hospice care mm. you know like it can be difficult that people want to die at home which is great both my parents died at home and i would never have it any other way but like there are times where it's like difficult it's like yeah. holy shit like my mother's there's in. a certain piece to kind of passing i think in your own bed surrounded yeah by yeah i mean it was you love and where you feel safe it's the way yeah but it's, it's it's tough at that moment where she was in like a lot of pain uh and myself and my brother aiden were like filling her up with these tablets you know because she hadn't been given them earlier in the day, which was a decision made by her sisters, not by us. And uh, which is just a whole other thing that you missed, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't. We didn't. Family dynamics. We had and, nothing. You know, and like I get on great with my aunts. I mean, like especially since my mom died, the relationships have all gotten stronger. But that was a difficult dynamic. You know, everybody has their opinion on of course. what should be done. But anyway, as a result of that decision, my mother did wake up like in really a lot of pain. Mm. Uh so she did kept saying sorry. What was she, in reference to? Well, that's the thing. You never know, do you? What, but I, I, what did my you, initial reaction, yeah. my initial thought was uh, that she was just felt bad for being a burden, you know? Like, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you know, sorry, sorry. Like, like well, I know I'm such a pain. Mm. That was my initial thought. But, you know, I mean, she left quite a bit of evidence behind of her regrets about the job that she did as a mother. And, mm. like, I know, I know that she just, like, she didn't completely get peace with that right. because she was very late in her life realizing the anxiety that she had and the stress, which came from her own childhood. You know, she had mm -hmm. a horrific alcoholic parents and very, very stressful childhood. And so it was very late in the game after my dad died in therapy and different things. She realized that how that anxiety ruled her life and that she literally lived in perpetual worry. I mean, my mother very rarely breathed peace right. in her lifetime. Like everything was going to fall apart all the time in my mother's Panic, Head. panic. Yeah, that's just right. the way that she lived. She she thrived on that. Well, she didn't thrive, but that was the fuel that drove her through her life, that, that energy. When she had kept saying, sorry, did you find any sort of peace with the fact that if she was apologizing for being not the best mother, did you have any peace with that? or did No, you... because she'd apologize a lot. Right. All that I get from that is that, is is the regret that she felt like she still needed to say it. Right. Which is, to me, was just like a, a little unfortunate. I wish she'd given herself a little bit of an easier time. That's why That's why I talk about those regrets earlier was like a little bit, of, I wish I could have made that clearer. But that's kind of like, you know, in hindsight. But the thing is, that I don't know if she knew that she was dying or not. I don't know if she wanted to get those those words out. When I walked in that day, I flew back from Ireland on the Monday. I was bouncing back and forth like that whole sort of two-month period. But I flew back to Ireland on Monday, emergency trip. I had to cancel some shows and everything. And uh, 
you know, when I walked in, she did put out her hand, like, and hold my hand. And, you know, I, I again, I didn't think too much about it because mm. I didn't know that she was half conscious and really wouldn't regain proper consciousness again. again I didn't yeah. know all this. Yeah. So I can only assume looking back and sort of seeing the way that she was that she was probably a little bit more aware that this might be it than, than not. So I, I, I do think that, you know, she, she just had regret. Was your dad afraid of dying, afraid of passing? I don't know if he was afraid or not. I mean, I do think that he felt pretty full circle. Right. You know, I think he felt like he had everything done. The, the only thing that was weighing on him was he was married before he met my mother, which right. we never knew. He never told us. Nice little surprise there. Uh, and he, he battled with my himself. And funnily enough, I made this whole assumption on what was bugging him, which was completely incorrect. Right. Uh, so he, he decided not to tell us, but my mother told me after he died that this was a real struggle for him, which was hilarious because like we couldn't give a fuck, you I know? know? Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I'd say he felt pretty good that like it was all done. Mm. You know, when I, walked, when I walked in the room that day, 2011, after flying back. Uh, you spent most of your time on planes, by the way. Hope yeah, you're getting good air miles. I, I'm getting good air miles. When I walked into <laughs> the room. constantly flying. When I walked into the room that day, what he said to me was, you did it, man. Because he was so happy with the show and the right. documentary. It's like you'd achieved everything. And I got back and that's, that was what he said. You did it, man. Wow. You know, like, so everything with him just seemed so final and content. Yeah, but your mom, it's Even almost... though I think my dad's last words were, can you all stop talking, please? It's <laughs> because we're like all yapping yeah. away in front of him, forgetting well, that he's like no, fucking course, listening. Uh, myself, my sisters, yeah, we're, 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 we're quite chatty as well. That's quite funny. He's like, can you stop? Yeah. This, this is about me regarding grief. Because I said recently, I, I wish there was a tablet I could take or something I could drink or a book I could read or somewhere I could go. And they would tell me, these are the five things you need to do and you are sorted. But there is no medication. There is no handbook. How did you deal then with the grief? You're, you're still, because it's still so raw for you. Are you still then dealing with the grief of your mom? And how has that affected you in the oh, last year? Oh yeah, no, year? I'm really deep in the grief now. I mean, doing the show about my mother doesn't help, actually. It makes it more, it, it makes it like more intense. So I'm experiencing like an intensity of emotion that I never felt with my dad, which is quite heavy, quite sad and mm. quite a presence, you know? And it, it, it kicks off in me in like many different ways from just sadness, which I actually find quite nice. The sadness, like honestly, the crying and the sadness is like great. What what I find difficult is the, the tension and the anxiety and the stress. That's just like inexplicable, like has no what? connection to reality. So with know? the tension and stress, is that the fact that your mom's no longer around and you miss I, her? I, or you I don't actually know? just think it's the way that my body reacts to emotion. You know, right. it, 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 I think, I think I, 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 not inherited, but I think that's an, that's a, that's a hangover from the childhood that we had, which I know that my mother had in, in tenfold, which is that, you know, we, we process with difficulty, we process emotions. And I, I feel that sometimes, uh, instead of the sadness just being there, my body has a little bit of a defense mechanism, which kind of wants to sort something out which it's unsortable. So it creates like a tension, you know, it's mm. almost like a, like a battle between my emotions and my, my brain, you know? Uh, and, and I, so I'm like more aware of that than normal. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I struggle with that sort of stress reaction anyway, but 
I've just have noticed, particularly lately, particularly the last few weeks, honestly, like just this sense that something's wrong mm. is there a lot. And yeah. I, I have to think that despite the familiarity of that feeling, it's everlasting presence is connected to my, to, to the grief. Yeah, it's almost a case of when I, the last person I think of at night when I go to sleep will be my mom. And the first person I think of is my mom. And some days I think of her and I think, oh, she's alive. And like, even like for a few seconds. And then it's like a dread that kind of fills in every day for the last two years yeah. that I go, well, she's not. It's like, you think I'd remember, like you think I'd remember. Yeah. And I wake up and I'm feeling my heart so full and I, oh, I've got that. And then I go, and then I go, oh, it's that realization. And I found that we, this was our second Christmas just gone without mom. And this one was, this one was much harder for us. Mm. And our birthday was harder. And the second anniversary in February was harder because it's a realization now. It's not new. It's not fresh. It's a fact. Yes. And sometimes it's like, well, shit, now what do I do? Well, also what I found with my dad was, and this will happen and it will be both a good thing and a bad thing. There will be a time where you'll realize that you haven't thought about your mother for quite a while. And that's ideal because that's what you, you know, life in a way, does go on. Yeah. I mean, I think what I found out quite annoyingly is that life does go on. And that's something that I learned. I was almost begrudgery of people in their lives or I'd go into a, a, a shopping center. I'd be like, what is she fucking laughing about over there? What is she like? She, it's not logical. Yes. People are entitled to laugh. Of course. You know, and I'd look at people, which I've said before, that were older than my mom. And I'd go, really? Oh yeah, I get that a lot. Like uh, some 60 year old friend of mine would be like, oh, I just have to go get my mom. Be like, what? Yeah. Your mother's still alive? I know. Like, yeah, she's 85. I, I know. Like, I, I know. But what, what, I'm asking you, what do you do with that? Where do you, well, you put it? You just feel it, like everything. You just bloody feel it. You know the the problem. The problem with I, honestly, it's not it's not a problem with grief podcast, but the problem with often with trying to figure these things out is you can't figure them out. You no, just you have can't. to feel it. You know, you don't have to make sense of it because actually, in time, it all you know it all balances out. But one thing for sure is if you don't allow yourself to feel it, or you you deny it, or you don't acknowledge it, that definitely doesn't help. I actually think sometimes I wish I had more, less fear to actually open up to people about what I am feeling. And I don't mean like this, there's like a, there's like a, like a, like a natural safety to all this, even though we're actually talking about it, it just feels different. But, you know, I have people that are close to me in my life and I, I, I feel sometimes that that is also a, a defense mechanism of not really opening up because I, I think those are the more vulnerable moments. I'm now a more honest about it with my friends in the last year and a half maybe the first like six months um i turned 40 that year as well and you know we went to vegas and i wasn't going to go to vegas and then we did and then you know life is short it's only now that i'm so honest with my feelings if around her anniversary or when it was her birthday or christmas i say to my friends oh you know today's a tough day or you know i cried this morning making a cup of tea because the thing about emotions is you can't control it it's like, you know, some days I look at a picture of her and I'll get really upset and I will practically fall to the ground with emotion mm. and be like, just need to pull yourself together. And then I may not cry for another week after it. Like I've really difficulty in going to my mom's grave. It's something I struggle with, you know, and the fact that I was living in L.A. and I've been back here for months for the show and I've been a handful of times. I, 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 I even trying to talk about is I can't put into words why 
it gets me a bit upset because I can't put into words why I don't go there. And that's the thing, I suppose, I feel like I should be going there because that's where she is. And I feel guilt. But then I think, actually, she's all around me all the time. I'd, I'd rather talk to her when I'm cleaning the floor. I'd rather talk to her when I'm in Dunn's getting my shopping. I, I, I don't know why that is. I don't have a grave to go to, so it's hard for me to say. Yeah. The only thing, reason I think you should go to the grave is because you're resisting it for some reason. Yeah, I so don't that's know. usually a sign that you should go. But I don't once. know why. It's, who knows? I mm. mean, the, the analysis is less important to if the message keeps coming up, you just push past that. I mean, if I were to throw out some amateur psychology, I would suggest that it probably reminds you of the finality of it. That yeah, it's probably yeah. like an ele- like a deeper element of acceptance of, of, of that she's never coming back, you mm. know? I mean, I, we, we don't, my dad's ashes were spread in Ballycotton in the ocean. Oh, nice. And my mother's ashes are, uh, we don't know what we're going to do with them because she, she actually told, literally said to me, I don't give a fuck what you do with them. She, she actually said that. <laughs> she said, she said, I don't give a fuck where you spread my ashes. Oh, I wish I had a her. <laughs> her and I would have got I, I, on. I, I, in, on the day before she died, I was like, Ma, I was like, Ma, you never told me where you want your ashes spread. And she wasn't, she wasn't really responding. So I was like shouting in her face, like, Ma, 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 you never told me where you want me to spread your ashes. And she said, I don't give a fuck where you spread my ashes. Literally, that's what she said. She sounds fabulous. Oh, she was, a, I tell you, man, she was a character. Like, So you and your brothers then, in, in that case, do, will the three of you sit down and decide? Will you all take a third Honestly, each? Honestly, I'm really going to, I'm I'm leaving that one to my aunts, actually, because they care. Like, I, I really don't you care. You care, don't you? No, no, I, no because I, we don't. I don't go to Ballycotton to think of okay. my dad. Right, like, okay. Like the ashes thing, really, it's it's very irrelevant for me. Like, yeah. like in that, you know, I guess I used to go to my grandmother's grave. My friend Nick died when he was 18 and I used to go to his grave and that did matter for me then. But in terms of like, I've never felt like I wish I had a place to go to for my dad and I don't really, you know, it hasn't even entered my brain like where my mother's ashes are. I, you know, I don't, I don't think, I really think they're gone. I mean, I was there twice, you know. Mm. I've watched two people go. And even Jason Burns' dad died last week, and I was at his dad's funeral on, on Friday. And he said it in his eulogy. They're gone. You know? When you're there in that moment, you see it. It's not them. So I really, I don't really mind too much. You know? Or, but that's because we've never established that. Like, I think it's really important. Some people say pick a star, and then you always have that star. Perfect. I, I think the symbolism is fantastic. And I think whatever symbolism works for people, uh, you know, it's great. It just so happens that I'm doing a show three or four nights a week where I literally like have images and videos of my mother running. So I'm like, it, it's it's there. So I haven't. That even could be thought. healing in a way, or that could be stifling your healing. It, you, yeah, I don't know. You yet. don't know. You won't I don't know. know. All I know is it's just way more intense than with my dad. So I'm assuming that that it's 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 good for for bringing it up. Yeah, know? totally. You know, but I don't know if it's healthy or unhealthy that people have these huge emotional reactions and they, they send you messages. Like, like one of the things that sets me off a lot is uh, people will send me messages uh, related to various different things that are going on that I'm talking about. Like Friends or people on Instagram? Randomers. Okay. Uh, whether they're responding to the sadness of losing somebody mm-hmm. or they're responding to the complicated relationship um, or the, the message at the end, which is like basically you don't want to be saying sorry at the end. You know, you want to just like make sure you let all that out. Don't mm-hmm. hold on to the pride and all that. Uh, you know, whether they responded to any of these things, I, I, I it, it really kills me. You know, like I don't know how to describe it, but it does it does set me off. And I, I I'm assuming that's that's good. That's good. That it just constantly brings you back to this place of coming to terms with all that. And also, it's nice to know that you're not alone. What well, see this? That's the thing is that I have had my closest friends have 
lost a parent and their moms, two, two of my friends that lost moms. And I, when one of my friends was grieving, I would be like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, what can I do for you? I, I love my best friend. And, but then I'd walk away going, I've actually got no idea what she's feeling. Yeah, it's there's nothing you can do anyway. Nothing you can do. You, you, you can be there. You can look after the kids. You can do what you can. You can pour them a glass of champagne, you know, pass them a tissue. But you don't really know. It's only until you kind of go through it and you go, I'm, I'm sorry, she was feeling this? And she's been feeling this for how long? It's a very strange thing. But also, losing mom gave me clarity. It's like I needed glasses all of my life. I do wear glasses, but it's a bad analogy, but it's almost like I didn't, something was wrong no, with me. No, I know me. what you mean. Do you understand? I had such clarity and I started to look at my relationships with people very differently. I started to look at individuals very differently. And for some strange reason, I found that I'm clearly on a path that I should be on and that my mom is putting me on this path. I don't know if you've had any clarity or situations. Now, if I'm asked something, well, I just know the answer. Where I'm a bit of a people pleaser. I go, well, now I'm like, well, that's the answer. It's just. Yeah, I don't know if I've gotten that clarity. I, I, I just, just, just death is, death is a sad but very convenient thing to be around and to witness and to experience because it does remind you that this is like a short time. And the things that really matter in the end are your relationships with other human beings. Mm. So it does, it does remind you to look after those, you know. Uh, of course, it helps you to, uh, you know, have empathy for people who are dealing with grief. I, I think, I think it, it it shows you the, you know, the importance of like being close to people and being vulnerable. Like I, I've learned a lot in that regard. I mean, I haven't got like like a clarity. I mean, you, you got to understand, like you know, particularly with losing my mother, it's like it's a really wide range of emotions because, for me. Like there is a freedom that comes from losing my mother on the surface level of I was looking after her for five years and mm. like so you like no, sometimes sometimes you literally just go like fuck me it's handy not to have to worry about that right now mm. you know um, and you also get you know like myself and my brothers we we would if the three of us were sitting here we'd be like God like it's just so nice not to have that the 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 negative energy and the stress and anxiety on our decisions that used to exist you know mm. just this just this like lack like just like a very unhelpful energy around you know mm. so there are times where you're just like wow this is fucking so handy it's freedom the, the, for me that is part of the feeling mm. you know so i mean i can't remember why i started saying that but i guess the point is that like it's it's a it's helped me to understand a lot but i still have a lot more to learn about myself and all that you know like i, I my mother the grief around my mother is so much more complicated than the grief around my father that's probably because you had more of a complicated relationship with your mom than what you did with your dad. Unbelievably complicated. Were your parents Catholic? Yeah. We you were, were raised proper You're Catholic? Ca yeah, yeah, I was same, a boy reader. And all oh, that. same as us, yeah. Um, so, do you believe? No, absolutely not. I don't, I think it's just blackness when you die. My, I was going to ask you, or I wasn't expecting blackness. Well, you know, I think <laughs> where do you, where lights do you, out. Where do you think they are? Oh, I, I don't, do you think they're I, anywhere? No. You don't? No. Right, okay. And and that doesn't bother me. Right. I it just motivates me. To, How? This is all you got. Oh, okay, so like life all is you, short. Yeah, but all you have is your relationships. Do you not find that the, very the legacy of what you leave behind? Do you not I mean I I'm a realist of course and you know you were saying how your mom was so optimistic in the fact you know with with your dad. Where did your mom think your dad had gone to? Oh, my mother would thought he was around. 
You okay. know, and like if something happened, that was your father. So you don't believe in any of that? No. You, do you believe in signs and feathers? No. You don't? I, no, I don't believe in any of that. Ryan, if people say that to you, do you laugh? I can see your I face when I, I said no, it. No, I don't because actually I talk about it in the show. I really respect what people believe. My father asked me before he died. Right. He said, do you think there's something afterwards? And I said, people laugh when I say this, which is actually not a joke. It is exactly what I said to my father. I said, it doesn't matter what I think because you're going to be there soon. What do you think? Oh, yes, you did not. Well, yeah, no, I, I, this I, is I, what, I, I get it. I, I actually it am shocked how, how people laugh at that because yeah. I, I just think he's asking me because he's going. 100%. I know, I get it. You it's know? just, it's that awkwardness about talking about it but yeah, but so I, I, blatantly. Yeah, we were open. We were open. I mean, myself and my dad, we talked about the end a lot, you yeah. know? Um, and uh, he said, I think there's something. And I was like, I think it's great that you think that, you know? Like, I, I completely support. I mean, in the show, which is just, it's a bit of a performance. But in the show, I say, one thing I know for sure is that you're guessing and I'm guessing. Like, we actually don't no know. No one knows. We're never going to know. So I actually just think whatever makes people comfortable, okay. I'm totally cool with. Yeah. You know? It, it, it's really, in a way, I feel like it's just a way to process our finality. I think it's a way of us dealing with it in a sense of what makes us feel good. Because my sisters are very much into all that and feathers and all, and all that. My, my, one of my sisters went to see, my sister went to see mediums. And I have a real, not issue, I always say issue with that is I'm not sure if I believe that. Yeah, well, I'm 100% sure I don't believe in that. Okay, would you, would you, <laughs> tell me what you really think. <laughs> Where do you think they are? A really black hole. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. No, I just think it's like you go to sleep is what I mean. Right, oh, yeah. Um, that's a nice way of putting it, thank you. Uh, so do you, would you go and see a medium? Would, well, by the way, when I say blackness, what I'm doing is visualizing that, that moment when you fall asleep. 100%, and, yeah, yeah, I yeah, totally yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you go and see a medium or would you go and see or you'd, you'd have zero interest no right I, in fact you know in the early part of my comedy career we did a sketch where I, I read the, 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 the simple fundamentals of the skills that mediums use and I went out in the street and two act, two people actually I, I felt bad on one of them because this woman literally thought oh, no. that I was channeling her dad oh, and it no. was an accident oh Des. well it, it wasn't meant to be that way it was meant to be a joke you and were just was, guessing I was just guessing, and then I, you know, I said, you, you know, you're on a journey. And she's like, yeah, we're here to spread my dad's ashes. Oh, and she's like, I'm seeing water. And he was like, he wants to be spread in Wicklow in the water. <laughs> I was like, oh, God damn it. I've I accidentally fucking channeled cannot. this woman's well, see, dad. See, that's <laughs> accidentally. You're a medium. I'm a medium. Is my mom in the room? You know, and then these other kids, I, I pretended with these other kids. And then I was like, you're from, you know, they said they were a rugby team. And I said, you're from, you're from Black Rock. And they said, uh, I, 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 I said, you're from the South Side. And they said, no. I said, oh, you're from, you're from Castle Knock. And they went, oh my God. But it was just basically, they're not from the South Side, but they're rugby. So there's about four places in the North Side they can you be from. One. I guessed one. I had a 25% chance of being See, right. That's my issue with going in somewhere and someone, you know, may recognize me or may have known me or may, yeah. yeah and they just kind of pull on that. Because I, I almost feel a bit like, I would, I would love to have the balls to go and do it, but I think maybe I'd also be afraid. Because then I was thinking to myself, if my mom is around, because, you know, I don't know if she is, then she's seeing me all the time. Yeah, I, I, like, you know, everything I say, I still find myself looking up sometimes. You still find this natural desire to connect. I don't think it really matters whether it's real or not, you know? It's just whatever you need to do. You know, like, I... All the things we just joked about, I actually joke about in my show that I, every time I blow my load, I tell my mother, it's okay, Ma, you can turn around. You know, like it's just silly, you know, silly I know, things, you know. But that's 
stuff you think about. Yeah, but it's fun to think about that because it's the, it's the madness of the reality of something you thought about your whole life. I mean, I literally as a child thought there was a heaven I pictured. Like, I still to this day remember the image of heaven that I have in my head, you know? What's it like? Oh, it's just a lot of clouds and Me Jesus too. hanging out up there in the fucking, in the heavens. Yeah. You know, and Jesus and the apostles and fucking Elizabeth Taylor and Michael Jackson. Nice. And, you know, Michael Jackson going to confession. <laughs> like, I, I still remember thinking that as a fact, you know? And, and, and now I, I, now I don't, you know? So it's really just all our human stuff floating around with the fact that we don't know. If we were to talk about heaven, because I, me and my nieces, my middle little girls are all nine and they miss mom so much because she was like a second mom to them. Um, and we have this thing of, I go, oh, where's nanny? And they're like, well, she's in heaven. I'm like, well, she's in heaven. What's she doing? They're like, well, Brian, of course she's having tea. I said, of course she's having tea. And what's she doing? She's having cake. She's having biscuits. It's just, but that's what I imagine in my mind as well. Because my nieces have such clear description that I now have. It just That's exactly what my mom's doing. She's constantly drinking tea and she's talking and she's eating cake. I just think that people grieve very differently. Mm. And as we've said before, there's no time limit on it. I just think from my experience is that people now see me as a person and not as someone that was on the telly or someone they voted for on a reality show. This has made me very human to people and I get stopped now nearly every day and people talk to me about their grief. Yes. You know, and 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 how they're dealing with it. And a lot of people I've met, it's a very recent, very recent thing. You know, they're still dealing with and especially on social media that I think that's the reason why doing the podcast was I think people just don't know what to do and they just need... I don't know if it's guidance or the need to hear someone else's mm. story, you know, and even by us just talking, I think will help people. Yeah. And I think too, that I've always known that I was going to lose my parents. Like if you, if you don't, if you don't lose your parents, you've been very unlucky Yeah, because it means that you went first, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I do think that like you, you should be able to, figure it out and get on with it at some stage. And that's, that's not a judgment on anybody, but it, this is a very, doable thing yeah it's not like it shouldn't cripple you for for, for forever but it does it can it does yeah. it does some people it, it that's just how it is i think but I, I i you won't but i'm just gonna chuck down a straight up judgment mm -hmm. in that it does not have to be that way yeah I, I really feel that there are certain things in life that you can control and i don't think that you can control uh grief in 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 the short term but i do feel like if you can never get over it that that is on some level you have decided not to, whether right. that's conscious or subconscious. Right. I, I think that this is something that you can get over. And whether there's an underlying mental health thing or something, I think that is definitely something that you should seek assistance with. Right. Because it shouldn't be debilitating for life. That, that'd be my opinion. Yeah. But that's more of a call to action rather than a judgment that yes. you're doing something you're wrong. You're saying seek help. If, yes. this is, if this is an issue that, you know, go and speak to someone about it. Yes, to help because you. I do think that you should be able to eventually uh, function without the constant presence of, of grief. I don't, I don't think you ever forget these people and no, I don't think you not. should. But I, but, I, I, but I do think that, you know, eventually that, that there should be some return to normality with the new reprogramming that's got on inside yourself which in my opinion always makes you a better person rather mm. than a, rather than worse yeah um thank you so much for being so honest um vulnerable emotional it's 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 not an easy subject to talk about um so i'm always grateful to people that come in and sit down and 
tell their truth. And it's so strange how we're all dealing with it so differently. Yes. That's the thing that I find with each person I talk to. Everyone has their own personal journey. It's it's putting a smile on my face. I don't know why. Which is good. Yeah, but everyone, in, in a way, I'm 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 using all of ye to help me feel better in a way, well, and it's working. <laughs> well, what I think the smile for me the smile is that death is part of life, and you should you you should wonder at the the uniqueness of everybody's journey because it, the only reason why we think it's so heavy is because we don't talk about it because mm. actually it's just like well we did talk about it we did. There is no right or wrong way to grieve. From talking to Des, I realise that everyone needs to find their own personal solace and that every emotion, thought and behaviour is valid. I'd like to thank Des for his words and honesty. Next time, I speak with my good friend Nadia Ford. When Nadia's mother was ill, Nadia began to see her differently. She saw her vulnerabilities, her fears, and when we chat, she opens up about the emotional reaction that provoked. Losing my mom was the most life-changing thing that ever happened to me, even having a baby. Really, Nadia? Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think wow. it prepared me for being a mom. Right. I really don't even think me becoming a mother, obviously it's massively, I, it's a massive life change. It's life-changing. But my, I often say to somebody, I had, I walked into that room um, when she passed away and came out like seeing the world completely different.